you know, I want to, you know, commend you guys as well. You guys have a absolutely, you know, this is a fantastic platform. Um, as you said, it's for footballers, you know, and this is a rarity, you know, in the whole podcast scene, you know, like you have mentioned before, you know, there are tons of podcasts, tons of things that you can listen to, tons of things you can watch on, 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 on football. But when it comes to actually talking footballer to footballer, guys who play the game, you know, in um, one, you know, podcast or, or, or in one circle, just kind of talking about things and just kind of airing it all out there. You don't get that. Welcome to another episode of For Footballers Only. I'm Mikey Diokitas. I'm James Pinay. And today we have a special, special guest. Oh, I'm Ty. I'm Ty Akinbone. Welcome, Ty. Welcome, For welcome, sure, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Ty, you know, let's just really, let's get into it. Um, from the beginning, where does your football story begin? Uh, since I was little, you know, I grew up in Nigeria. Um, yeah. I was born in Odoste, but I moved to Lagos when I was like six years old. And just like everybody else in third world country, um, it's football or track, right? I did both, you know, as a kid, ran and, um, I played football. I came to America when I was 16. I played at Duval High School. Um, played one year, 11th grade, did well, got a few scholarships, but I, after high school, I went back to Nigeria, so I couldn't really use it. I went back to Nigeria for a year. So when I came back, joined the military, and then I went to PG. So I played at PG, coming to college, 98, 99. I'm dating myself a little bit, but, you know, back in the days, um, played with a lot, I mean, some great guys, like Marshall Millwood, you know, who went to, uh, play pool and, and stuff. So after that, after I left PG, went to Bowie State, graduated, and I came back um, as a volunteer coach at PG, you know, and then started my first year was volunteer. And then I was there for 11 years. Um, when I left Prince George's Company College, um, I was, you know, I left as a head coach. You know, I left under circumstances I didn't really like, but, you know, you know how life is, you move on, you know. Now, uh, more or less like a full-time soccer dad, you know, and a fan of the game. Nice. nice. My, my quick background, I'm still licensed, uh, B candidate, but I'm still licensed coach and referee licensed also. Nice. I mean, we we need some refs. So. <laughs> and, I'm a soccer dad, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we need some coaches too, you know? So, like. So we might have to have another conversation after the episode, you know, on the side. But, uh, okay, let, let's go back a little bit. When you, so, you, you know, you, you grew up, born and grew up uh, in Lagos, uh, primarily. And so did you, you were playing, were you playing in Lagos? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. In, in a, a, like a formal club? No, no, we don't have a former club back then. So you play for your school, you know, yeah. um, you're playing school and then you play in your neighborhood, you know. So there's no, it's not like here where you have, you know, clubs and stuff like that. Nah, you play at the school and you play in your neighborhood. Yeah. You know? um, and during that time, did you have a football idol? During that time, I love Maradona, you know, uh, Maradona was my guy, even a lot of Nigerians hated him, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, the, the handball, yeah. but he was a guy that I thought was just, the thing he was able to do on the ball was on him, you know, it was incredible. Yeah. 
you know, and then, you know, um, Celestin Babayaro was my guy, you know, um, yeah, actually he's the main reason why I started liking Chelsea. And then I don't know if you guys ever heard of Yakini, uh, Nigerian striker, you know, so those are just, just, just uh, mature idea for you, but those are like old school guys, Nigerian national team players. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, since, since you, you bring up Nigerian national team, um, there's a question I'm going to ask you, but before I even get to that question, what's your your favorite uh, Nigerian national team of all time? What 96, year? Olympic 96. 96, yeah. I know, or culture. That's tough. That, that set. That's yeah. tough. That yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. Those no. are problems right there. They put, yeah. I, they put not only Nigeria, but they put, I felt like they put Africa on the map. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, that, that was different. Yeah, <laughs> that's the squad. Okay, so, um, the question is, and you know, given that you've really been in the game for your whole life, you know, even you have kids, your your dad now that you have kids that are ballers, anything you say will be you again used against you. Just so you know, right? So there's no, there's no, uh, right answer or wrong answer. It's your, it's your answer. So the question is, who are your favorite top eleven footballers of all time? Ooh, all right. So we're doing top eleven goalkeeper, yeah. Tim Howard. Okay, so just so you know, they don't have to be. You don't have to do each position. You can do. Oh, okay. You can do all. Hey. You can. You could do all forwards. You could do all Brazilians, oh, okay. all Nigerians. Oh, oh, that's easy, then. <laughs> you could do, you know, you could do whatever it is. Just, just so you know, I, I'll help you with the, with the fingers and all that stuff. Okay, okay. okay. I thought okay. You, I thought I had to be about positions. Oh, no, 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 uh, no. This is um. All right. So not in particular order. Now, just right. up yeah. eleven. Yeah. Um, I will say Drogba, Didier Drogba. You know, I love him. Great player. Yeah. Um, definitely Messi, Ronaldo. Uh, which, right which, now, which Ronaldo? Though? Uh both nine, uh, CR seven, and uh, the the, okay. the Brazilian Ronaldo. Okay. Right. You you uh, you about to say you about to say where represents? So we, we'll talk about that after we talk about this. But I'll come I, back to that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, I love Mbappe right now. Okay. Um, Hazard is on is up there, you know. At his okay. um, jeez, how many? Where am I? How many? Six, numbers? six, yeah, six. Uh, I got five more. Um, let me see. Uh, John Terry, John Terry, absolutely wow. love. Um, wow, that's a real Chelsea guy. <laughs> Yes, you know, I love John Terry. You, you're the first person that ever mentioned John Terry. Yeah, that's crazy. Really? Yeah. I, uh, I think John Terry, uh, I will still put Tim Howard in there, you know. Okay, okay. I think it's a goal. I, I also played goalkeeper back in the day also. So, okay. you know, so Tim Howard is really good. Um, I'm trying to think in MLS, who's like... Uh, Etcheberry. I think Etcheberry, I'm a DC United fan, so I got to put my man in there. Okay. Um, I'll go with Kano and Okocha. Top 11. 
that's a that's a that's an interesting list. I mean, obviously, there's the you know Nigerian and then the Chelsea, and then there was no Maradona. I know you you no, Maradona. No, I, well, when I was again, when I was very very young, uh, you say who did I look up to? Maradona, right? Yeah. But growing up and knowing and understanding the game, yeah, and my opinions kind of changed. That's true. There's you, no you, either, but you, 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 you I didn't watch Sudan. Yeah. Ah, that's true. I mean, Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho. Yeah, so many great players, but I didn't come. I didn't expect that question. But the is up there. Ronaldinho is up there too. You know? Roberto Carlos. Up there, you know. You know Roberto Carlos, Henry. You know, like. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife yeah. loves Henry, man. That's that's yeah. our favorite player of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No ballers, a bunch of ballers. But no, okay. So you you said and this comes up. I mean, I even say it. I say it a lot, right? Like when I'm talking to people, and that's why I even ask. So you ask somebody, you know, they say Ronaldo, especially you know, like ballers. Yeah. And you say which Ronaldo? And they say the real Ronaldo. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean when you say that? What do you mean when you say the real <laughs> Ronaldo? The Brazilian non Ronaldo. Yeah, I, I mean everybody knows. Like everybody knows what you're saying. But what do you mean by saying or not? It's the real Ronaldo. Real Ronaldo. I mean, I mean that's that's the original Ronaldo. Yeah. You know, it, it, here's the thing, right? And I, I I tell people this. People don't understand this. Is generation differences? You know, forge our opinion, right? Yeah. So me growing up. I was all about, I'm going to leave soccer and go to basketball for a second, right? Uh-huh. I, I'm all about Michael Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people that was in America before me, we said Dr. J, you know, whoever, whoever. And I'm like, now nah, MJ is the best, period. No hands down. Mm-hmm. You ask my kid, my kid would say LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And you ask some of the younger kids, they'd be like Steph Curry. And in my book, Steph Curry is not even in the top 50. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's all about, you know, generations. So when I said real Ronaldo, when yeah. I was going out, that was the Ronaldo that I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so I don't know how to answer your question. So you mean, when, you, when you say you know, are you talking about ability to play the game or just just the name? Are you talking about comparing the name that you know or just the ability to play the game? What he offers the game, like, the guy was is insane. It's just like Messi, right? Messi is insane. He's just he's just talented. He's just crazy good. You know, his ability, what he offers the game. Uh, there's some players that you really can't hate on, unless you have a personal beef against them, right? Yeah. With the real Brazilian Ronaldo, you really can't hit. You don't have to be a fan of his, but you can't hit on him, yeah. right? Speaking of hitting on players, like right now, I don't know anybody that I hate contact. Right, you can't hit on him. Yeah, it's just that special. Yeah, you know. So I felt like the real Ronaldo was like that. Right, right now, eh, CR seven and Messi, you can hate depends on who you are. You can hit on CR seven, but yeah. the real Ronaldo and Ronaldinho, you can't hit on those guys. They were yeah. just not good. Yeah. So, so, so we are top eleven, right? If you have to pick between those two, Ronaldo, who would you pick? You have to pick one. If I had to pick one. Oof. I would still go with the Brazilian Ronaldo. Yeah. I like if I have to build, and I'm thinking about if I have to build a team around one player right now, I would go with the original 
the, the Brazilian Ronaldo. <laughs> I'm going to catch my listening to this and be like, what do you mean you're always going to do? Exactly. The phenomenon. But no, you know, the thing is, the, I think even for younger people though, so what I, what I do with uh, a lot of young kids is, and I don't know if you've done this with your sons, but you, if you haven't, you should look into it, is just send them clips of Ronaldo, the R9, especially his season at Barca. Yes. Send them that 95, 96, send, send them that clip. Send like, it's like, I don't, I mean, I've done, I've studied a lot of, like a lot of players. Like I'm talking, you know, going back to the black Pearl, mm-hmm. you know, Eusebio and Pele, like from there to Pele, like all these guys coming up. I don't, think there's been a more complete attacking player that the game has ever seen. Yeah. I like even even till like till right now, I don't think it's ever been. Like the guy he and you know the more I research him, I realize like he had to get injured the way he did because of the way he played. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like uh in basketball, like Derrick Rose, for instance, right? Um, but it's just so much, like, he's just, like, it was so much force. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and to bring to foul him and bring him down, you had to really, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, when he went to uh, Serie A, you know, Maladini, those guys are flying. Like, everybody's trying to kick you, like, you know what I mean? And he, he just bounced off and just keep going, keep going. No, he, I mean, he can get a shot off from any position. Yeah, anyway, right, yeah. right and left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. It, it really was. It was, I, you know, and for for younger people who didn't get to see it, what I always do is like, I just, you know, I mean, there's a lot of clips on, you know, YouTube compilations yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, just send it to them, and you can just pick your period if you want to do Barca, if you want to do Madrid or Milan. I mean, you know, all of those are great. I mean, you know, Inter, Inter and Madrid was amazing, but I think that Barca, like that season at Barca was just out of this world. Yeah. Completely out of this world. Um, yeah, man. Um, okay. So you, you know, you, you, you said you came here and played one season in high school. And then uh, you had, you know, you had to go back. Uh, what, what was the transition to playing high school ball here? Because uh, it sounded like you dominated, you know, because you say, you, you know, you got offers and, you know, you got a lot of looks. So what was, what was, what was it like uh, playing? Um, it's different, obviously, you know, um, coming from street ball, you know, no socks. I mean, sorry, no shoes and just balling, whatever. Yeah. And we didn't, I didn't have cleats, like a proper soccer cleats till I came here. Right. I, I had tennis shoes. We call it sneakers, you yeah. know, um, canvas. Sorry, we call it canvas. That was what I, that was what I played with, you know, yeah. in Nigeria till I came here. And that's when I played really had those real proper cleats, you know? Yeah. Um, so what, what were your first cleats when you, when you got here? Oh, 
Song Kappa. I think it was Kappa. Kappa. It wasn't okay. I did it for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can't even remember. Yeah. I know my second one was Adidas, and I and I yeah, it was my coach, uh, Mr. Kabamba, that gave me the uh, the, the shoes. Which, so, which ones? Adidas, my second shoes. I know, I know, but which which uh, Copas? Oh, uh, Copas, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Then after that, I was when I started playing, but even up to now, I still buy Predators. I'm a big fan of Predator. Ooh, oh, let's go, let's go. Okay, kangaroo leather. I have like four sets to the garage. You know? Let's talk. Okay, okay. Uh, see, see, this, this is how, this is how we were supposed to talk about. But you, you know, you open the door. Okay. So, okay. What are your top two cleats of all time? Predators number one, hands down. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and and are you talking the the ninety eight predators the did from the ninety eight because I'm a big fan of kangaroo leather yeah. pure leather like yeah, yeah. so the ninety eight up to like maybe three years ago when they started making that plastic crap you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know because I have so as African most African we have white Black. foot yep yep so we can't do I can't do Nike. Right, one of the most expensive shoes I ever bought was a Nike Vapor, mm-hmm. and that was the worst shoe ever. Like, I loved the way it looked, I spent all my savings on it. Got it, I hated it, I ended up selling it. Right, so I did this with the perfect for me because you know, with my wife foot, yeah. it, you know, was comfortable. And after like two or three wears, it, it opens up, it kind of molds into your foot. That's the good thing about you know, uh. Predators that I like, you know, the kangaroo. Yeah. And I like the temples because, you know, it's old, old school. It's a little bit heavy for me. Yeah. I don't know if you ever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a little bit too heavy. I love it. It's just a little bit heavier than Predators. Yeah. Predators are just like the perfect size, the perfect weight, yeah. perfect durability. And even if you play with it in, in, in the rain, you still don't feel that mushy kind of leather, you yeah. know. No, when the, when the, when the, the Predators... That that original series when it dropped, yeah, it was for me. It was I mean it was game changing in so many ways. But first of all, it was you know Saddam was wearing it, so it was like ooh, you know that? first that was the yeah, first thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, but but the design of it was so strong, you know, like even the color scheme, and then it had the yeah, the heel the cup, black, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first one with the heel cup, um, yep. and so. I mean, it, you know, just, they just kept improving, kept improving. So, yeah, for me, Predators is number one. And number two is the, the Nike Mercurials when uh, the original Ronaldo. Oh, <laughs> not, when are not. So that, that 98, when those both, you know, they, they, they work up both of those cleats. Uh, I was like, yo, this is that was crazy. The, that was the shoe they wore in that uh, locker room um, commercial. Yeah, 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 yeah. The commercial, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. But okay, let's let's go back to um uh you know you come here and playing in high school. Yeah, so when I played in high school, for me, it was freedom, right? So ninth grade, you know, coming here with African parents, it's all about school, 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 no sports. Um, so ninth grade, I didn't really do any activities because they wanted to make sure that I got adjusted into the school, the American lifestyle. 10th grade, I, w- I got to do ROTC, you know, 
uh, as far as school activities. And then 11th grade, I pretty much begged to play soccer because one day I was out um, after school, you know, getting ready for our artistic practice. And soccer team was about to practice and somebody rolled the ball and I picked it up and I started juggling, you know. And this was like the first day out there and the coach is like, hey, because I, okay, so Mr. Kabemba, the, the soccer team coach was also my French class coach. Oh, okay. I was like, you, so you play? I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm like, oh, no, my parents is not going to let me play. I can guarantee you that they better let me do ROTC. So he actually came to my house. Wow. He talked to my parents and said, hey, listen, you know, he said, well, we can't pick him up. We can't drop him off. I mean, we can't pick him up after school. Okay, I got a player that lives in a neighborhood that drives. They're African. They'll drop him off. So, you know, my parents never even came to my game. So <laughs> finally, I got the freedom to play. And it was like, that was for me, that was a game changer. I was like, really? Because yeah. I knew they were going to say, no, you're not African parents in school. Yeah. No, it's all about education, not playing. So 11 grade, when I got a chance to play, I, I bought out, man. I was happy. And that's when I really, really fell in love with the game again because it's like freedom, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. When, compared to the level when you came to from Nigeria, when you were playing in high school, how was the, the level of players here in the U.S. and in Nigeria? <laughs> if you play in Nigeria, high school here is it's nothing, yeah. you know, because... Over there, we in my neighborhood team, right? I grew up in a uh, in a Kodu. It's a, like it's called Aga, you know, AGA. Um, raw, grown man, right? There's no age age group, right? So I'm 12, 13, 14. I'm playing with grown men in the neighborhood. There's there's no, and you gotta you gotta prove yourself. So I'm coming here to high school. I'm now you know 17, a little bit more mature than I'm playing with these guys and. They're not technical at all. I just had to learn to dribble less, you know. <laughs> that was the thing because in Nigeria, you know, we dribble a lot and we don't move yeah. the ball quick. And I just like to get with it. But we had a great team. As a matter of fact, we won the we won the county championship that year. I, I still have the jacket upstairs in my room, you know, with the D letter D. You know, we had a great team. Um, yeah, so the level was just not the same, but it was good because it was more structured. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you go back, you go back home and, you know, finish school and then come back here. And then how did you end up at uh, PG? So I went back home for a year. Um, when I graduated, I applied to uh, Liberty University. Um, I got a 50% scholarship, Texas A&M. Um, University of Maryland was actually the old college park, and I'm a, I'm still a fan. They were the only school that didn't give me admission or scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also applied to Salisbury State. I got admission, and my parents was like, "Well, you're getting too Americanized. You, you know, go home. Maybe you get your life together." Blah blah blah. So I said, "Okay, fine." So out of anger, I went home, and then it ended up being like I went there for a whole year. I thought it was going to be like, "Okay, you graduated high school, go home for summer." And come back and then it was nah, it was more like a whole year. So when I came back, I just came back to move out and I was like, okay, I gotta go to school. So I joined the military, uh, joined the Army Reserves. Then I when I came back home from basic training and AIT, then I was like, okay, I gotta go to school, you know, to make it better myself. So PG was like down the street because I lived in Upper Marlboro. So PG coming mm-hmm. college was just the obvious choice to go. 
Yeah. You know, and then they had a soccer team. So I tried out my first year and I made the team and then the rest is history. You know. And how was how was that? How was that team? Oh, that team was good. We went to the final for my second year. The first year, I think we lost in the semifinal of the region. Uh, we had great players, man. It was mostly Africans and Jamaicans and Caribbeans, you know. Uh, and a lot of those guys are still my friends to today. You know, I still play. Uh, not to cut you off, was Steve DeRue on that team? No, Steve DeRue came in my first year when I was a, a volunteer coach. So I actually coached Steven DeRue. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of guys, uh, Marshall Millwood. I don't know if you okay. heard that name. Yeah, Marshall mm -hmm. Millwood has done that team. I played both years with him. He's, he's a coach at SAC now, but he actually went pro and played pro for like 13 years. Um, Linden, a guy named Linden, very tall. His kids play now. As a matter of fact, his kids, I think they play with Alex Kids sometimes. Okay. Uh, Lenin Lewis, you know, so a couple of guys, Rocco, Belamonte. It was, a, it was a solid team, man. It was a really, really good team, man. We went, we didn't win the national championship, but we lost in the summer final my second year. You know. Yeah. What did you, and then from there, you say you went to, uh, did you go to, you said Bowie? Yeah, Bowie State, yeah. And you didn't play there, though? They didn't have a soccer program. If they did, I would have. Okay. I tried out for the football team. <laughs> <laughs> did you make it? Yes and no. So I, at that time, I mean, I was a grown man. I was like 23, 24. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I had a full-time job. So I was going to school in the evening. And I wanted to still play sports. So I tried out as a kicker. And I made it. But the coach said, you got to be at practice every day. I'm like, just to kick the ball? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, I'm the best you got. <laughs> you know? I was like, I'm sorry. You know? So I made it, but I had to cut myself because I got, I lived by myself at that time. You know, I got, yeah. I had a good job with junior DBA and I was doing the Army Reserve. So it was like, ugh, money, life, and fun. Fun can go away for a minute, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's that's crazy. So then, uh, after that, you went back to coach at PG, though, right? Yeah. And, and you coached there for you said like thirteen years. I was there for a total of eleven years. Okay. I started in two thousand four, yeah, and I left two thousand seventeen. Huh. What five? I think I started to find a legend on seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? What did you learn during that period about community college football or soccer? I learned a lot about sports, soccer. Um, while I was there, so when I went back, uh, Richard Todero was my head coach when I was a player. He was still there. He was the one that got me started. Right. Um, and again, I started as a volunteer coach, non-paid my first year, you know. Then he told me, he said, hey, listen, go get your goalie, uh, goalie coaching license and I can pay you, you know, stipend as an assistant coach. Cool. I went to go do it. Took a, a goalie uh, class trainer or whatever. Got my certificate. And later on, I started getting my e-license and, and worked my way up. Uh, Richard left. And the whole time before I became a head coach, 
Um, I was an assistant under like six coaches. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys want to put names out there, but a couple of the names, by name, you probably know them because they're all local, um, local guys. Um, so being an assistant coach under so many different coaches, you learn a lot, right? You're always learning something. It's either what to do, what not to do. You're learning something. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got a chance to sit on the hot seat, I felt like I was well prepared. Yeah. You know, experience. You know, um, the guy that left before me was actually somebody that I um, that I'm very close to, Michelle. Michelle Bill became the head coach at PG after he retired playing pro. He came to PG, worked there for a while. And he became the head coach. And then once he left, I, you know, I took over. So it was like, uh, you know, it's like, you know, maybe you ain't James, James coaching, and then you take over. So you kind of know that environment. You know, and and being an assistant coach over six, under six different head coaches, you learn a lot from everybody, you know. So it was a good experience. Yeah. What would you say? As a head coach at, you know, the community college level, let's talk about that now for now because we're going to talk about other coaching. But what what would you say when you look at a player, what are, like, say, five characteristics that you're looking for to say this, you know, this kid or this person is going to be a baller? So I always tell everybody that, Every player has something. Every great player has one or two things that they're really, really good at, right? It's mm-hmm. up to them or to figure it out. We're talking about, you know, the great Ronaldo. I think his best asset was just the fact that he's very, very strong, right? His strength is, is his biggest asset. He has other aspects that are really, really good. But to if I, you know, he's really strong. You look at Messi. He's great on the ball, dribbling. You look at, you know, CR7 Ronaldo. To me, his best asset is, is his walk ethic. Like, he's really, really fast, but he walks at it, you know. Um, you look like Gary Bell. Everybody has something. So there's not a lot of things. When I go – so back in the days when I used to go to high school and scout players, right, I'm trying to find out, okay, what makes this guy special? Is it really fast? Is it good on the ball? Is it a great soccer IQ? Uh, is it very, very technical? Some kids, some players are not super fast. They're not, they can't jump that high, but they're very, very technical on the ball, right? Those are the players that go under the radar that don't really stand out. So if you ask me to go back to your question, if I need to list five things that I look for, um, I look for technical kids that can, you know, players that can do, that can hold the ball, you know, control the ball. Uh, you see guys that come to community college that can't even trap the ball. You know, it happens. Um, um, then I look for something else, maybe speed. If you're super fast, how can I take advantage of that as a coach when you come to me, right? If you're super strong on the ball, how, where can you be an asset? You know, uh, so those are the kind of things that I look at. Yeah. What did you find to be the most challenging part of your coaching career in college? Recruiting. So at PG, we're fortunate, right? In the sense that it's a black community college. It's a black school. It's a black county. 
there's a lot of minorities. Um, every year we have 40 to 60 play, players that come out every August to try out. Mm. You know, um, and, you know, we put flyers all over the school, come try out. We encourage people to come out. But you got to narrow it down to your top 23, you know. Yeah. I like top 19. Some people like 23. I like to be as lean as possible so that way I can get everybody through through the season. As you guys know, I'm sure you probably played in college. A college season is only three, four months long. It's not like a typical all-year-round thing, right? So you got to be ready. So sometimes you cut players that you know they got the skills, you know they're technical, but they're just not fit. You know, you can't get them fit in two months. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. once you cut, you have 60 people that come out. The first two days, you could cut maybe 20 or 25, or they will cut themselves. Then you get down to 30. Now you got to kind of narrow down. So, and then you also have some kids that you actually physically recruited, right? One of my players, Roshan, Roshan Patton, I physically went out and recruited him to come, <laughs> you know? So you got to make sure those kids I say because you went to their parents' house, you talk to their parents and say, hey, because once a lot of these players want to go to D1, D2, D3. That's why I say scouting and recruiting is the problem. Nobody, no good high school player or club player tells you, yeah, my goal is to go and play the D3 Juco level. None. Yeah. Right? But you have players that don't have the grades to go to D1. They don't have the support at home, right? But they can come to PG and or any company college, pay and basically play for free. Because we don't have scholarships per se, but if you don't have support at home, it's more than likely your income is not high enough where you yeah. won't get financial aid. Yeah. So as a coach, I got to go to the parents and educate them and say, okay, I don't have scholarship for you, but if I have an idea of what you make, your kid can come to school for free. You just have to fill out this and we'll walk them through it. I mean, there are many nights after practice, I sit in the office and at PG and I'm doing faster forms for people helping them out you know, doing this and doing that. So scouting is the biggest challenge to scout talents. And then you kind of weed out the ones that come out for tryout. 